glad to be here today. But I deliberately didn't ask Pastor Lee how long I had to preach. <clears throat> See, I have African and American DNA. Those are wind, long-winded people that you don't know about. But I make this promise. I will not preach for more than two hours this morning. I don't know about you, but I have to catch a, <clears throat> I have to be at the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I got my pajamas on, so I hope you come to stay late. So happy to be here today to be sharing. And I want to also thank you for taking care of my baby brother. He talks good things about North Church, and I'm excited. But here's what I want to talk about today. No, it doesn't matter where you go in this world. It doesn't matter which continent you go to, Africa, Europe, America, Australia, you're always going to find people that have needs, right? Everywhere you go, there will be people. The problem is that we're not sure where to go to to get need. But the fact of the matter is the number one source of help for us is God. But when it comes to getting help from God, People are very, very confused. They come up with all kinds of things and regulations and stuff, right? And they make expressions. And one of my, the one that I hear so often, and I'm not sure about Australia, but I know this is true in Africa, it's true in America. I'm going to start it, and I'm sure you will finish it for me, right? When it comes to getting help from God, people will always say, God helps. Right. That's common, right? The truth is, in spite of his popularity, that is nowhere to be found in the Bible. Now I want you to ask me, say, what's wrong with that expression? Ask me. It's the ending that's wrong. Because the way people tell it, if we want God to help us, we have to first help ourselves. Well, I brought you news today. If God was waiting for us to help ourselves before he helped us, we will all die in our sins. Right? Romans chapter 5 tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So this morning, I want us to do some corrections. <clears throat> I want you to help me because you're such sharp and alert people. I want to preach from Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. I want to read the scripture first, so it's in your ears. Now, my church that I preach is mostly online. It's not mostly, it's online. Facebook and those who don't have Facebook on phone. So I like to get the scripture in your mind. So here's what it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to verse 52. <clears throat> now they came to Jericho. He's talking about Jesus. There we go. And as he went out of Jericho, his disciples and a great multitude Blind Bartimaeus, I don't know how you pronounce it here. In Sierra Leone, they pronounce it Bartimaeus, but it's Bartimaeus, right? He's the son of Timaeus. Sat by the road and begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. I love that part of the Bible. Son of David, have mercy on me, he said. And so Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called. And they came to him, the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And he threw aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked, answered 
and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, my rabbi, let me receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. So the story of blind Bartimaeus helps us to understand what kind of people God helps, right? And since you are so allowed, I want you to help me start the sermon. Are you ready? I want you to tell somebody sitting next to you the title of the sermon today. Come on now. I want you to listen to me. I want you to tell somebody, like you and I prepared this sermon. Tell them the title of the sermon today is this. Who does God help? Tell them there are three kinds of people. You ready? Say number one, God helps those who confess their need for Christ. Say number two, God helps those who continue in the prayer of faith. And number three, God helps those who commit to follow Jesus in discipleship. All right, so that was a good start, right? You didn't know you could preach, did you? You thought it was always Pastor Lee who would preach. So let's do the first point. We want to know who does God help. And I'm saying to you, God helps those people who confess their need for Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 47. Bartimaeus was a man with great need. A brief history that you need to know, a background. He lived in a city called Jericho. Now, if you know your Old Testament, you go back to Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. After the Israelites had warped, won out the city of Jericho, Joshua stood up and pronounced a curse on the city. He said, curse be Jericho from now on. Anybody who tries to rebuild this, you will be cursed. You will do it at the expense of your firstborn. Anybody who tries to rebuild the war. So that's the city he lived in, right? And so here was a man who was living in a city that was so looked down upon that when the Jewish people said Jericho, they would spit so that the word would not remain in their mouth, their mouth, right? He lived in an accursed city. It's just like all of us, actually. We're living in a world that is hell-bound unless people make a turn and come to Jesus. But I want to tell you a few things about uh, about Bartimaeus today. I want to tell you two things, actually, about who will need help, who gets help from God. First, I want to talk about his condition, and then I want to talk about his courage. You think you have problems. Bartimaeus had great problems. He had two strikes against him. First, he was blind. Couldn't see. He depended on people taking him from place to place. And that's how his life was controlled, right? He depended on the charity of people. Now, I know that today blindness does not necessarily lead to poverty or people not being able to do things. The convention that I attended, down which direction is it? Down in the convention center, right? 
15,000 people, there were at least three people who were blind, but they moved around. So blindness is not a handicap. It's not really a disability today, but in Bartimaeus' day, and Africa, where we come from, when you're blind, you're done. You're done. You have to depend on people, right? <clears throat> so it's very important that people understand. And I want to say to you today that there are people whose eyes are wide open. They can see. But you know what? Spiritually, they're blind. So I want you to tell somebody next to you. Say, spiritual blindness is worse than physical blindness. Right? There are people, and Jesus said to the Pharisees at one point, he's in the Gospel of John. He said to them, you're blind. And they said, we're not blind, we can see. And Jesus said, that's why you're really even condemned. Because if you were blind, at least people would need to lead you. But your eyes are open and you can't see what God is trying to teach you. He was not only blind, he was a beggar. You know something? Poverty is a real killer. We've seen it up front. I'm seeing it up front in America. I live in Philadelphia, right? Almost a million and some people live there. But there's not a single street that you walk by in the city of Philadelphia where there are not people panhandling. Poverty is a real killer. It leaves a person hopeless and helpless. You can't take care of your family. Malaria kills a lot of people in Africa, but it is not because there's no cure, but it's because there's poverty. You can't afford to buy a tent. When the United Nations or some other organization brings tents and gives it free, people will sell the tent so they can have food to eat. And it's a real irony that in our world that is so rich, filled with tall buildings, all kinds of glorious things, there is still homeless people on the streets who can handle life as it is. Material poverty is bad, but spiritual poverty is worse. So you need to tell somebody, material poverty is bad, but spiritual poverty is worse. What a condition to be in. The man was blind. The man was a beggar. He, had no, he couldn't see where he was going. Every day he had to have somebody bring him and sit him by the road. Oh, but I want to tell you about his courage. Verse 47 says, When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. You see, here's the thing that I want to let you really, really understand. His eyes were blind. He couldn't see. But he didn't focus on his disability, Pastor Lee. He could speak. So he used what God had allowed him to still keep. He focused on his eyes. He was blind. But the Bible says he could hear. He heard. He was blind, but he could hear. And when he heard that it was Jesus who was coming by, he did not let pride or self-pity. What am I trying to drive home to you today? A lot of us, when one thing happens to us, we just fold our hands and just hang our heads and love. Oh, God doesn't love me anymore. 
So he's blind, but he could hear. And speak very well. <laughs> right? But here's the other thing, church. Somebody must have told Bartimaeus about Jesus. They didn't have internet. They didn't have TikTok. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook. They did not have telephones to speak up. But somebody had told him, Bartimaeus, while you are sitting by the roadside, if you ever hear that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, boy, you better get up and do something about it. So here's the question this morning. How many of us have told people about Jesus? They see us coming to church every Sunday morning. They ask you where you've been. I'm going to North Church. You look so happy. Why is it? What's so different about you? Have you told them what the Lord has done for you? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody told Bartimaeus about Jesus of Nazareth. And when one started circulating around the crowd, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Bartimaeus said, ah, stand by, people. <laughs> he cried out, Jesus, son of David. And that's a true title for Jesus. But it's not the whole story. In Sierra Leone, and even right now in North Philadelphia, I interact with a lot of Muslims, black Americans that are Muslims, and they get stuck. You start talking about Jesus, oh, God, stop a lie. He can't be the son of God. They're adding their incomplete knowledge, keep them from getting to know Jesus, the Savior. Right? The title that he had, he's not, Jesus is more than some historic figure connected to the greatest king in Israel. But that's all he had. That's all he had. How often we let pride. Too often we focus on our problems. We sit there and we moan and groan. And Jesus is passing by. And we're not reaching out and touching him. Too many of us stop and dwell on what is wrong with us. Tell somebody he was blind. But he could hear. Right? And you need to tell somebody, God, I'm blind, but somebody please help me so I can see what God has for me. How many people have you told about Jesus? So that's the first group. God helps those who confess their needs for Jesus. But here's my second point today. God helps those who continue in the prayer. You notice the word emphasis is continue, right? A lot of us have the prayer of faith, but we stop at the first stop. The first bus stop, we get off the bus. The first train stop, we get off the train. And the blessing is at the fourth and fifth and sixth stop, and you got off at the first stop. Many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood, and st stood still and commanded him to be called. From the things we have heard about him say about Jesus, he didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. All he knew is that Jesus was from Nazareth, that he's connected to King David. But man, he belted it out. Maybe you missed it in the text. 
Let me remind you again. He heard, but he also heard who it was that was coming by. It wasn't some Pharisee, just a priest, just another VIP in Israel. He knew and heard that this was Jesus, the one and only. He was blind, but he was aware of what was going on around him. Too many people withdraw from fellowship and other people as soon as they face problems. When things go wrong, the first thing they do is stay out of church. That's so wrong. That is so wrong. That's when you need to be in church. <laughs> That's when you need to pray more, not stay away. By the way, here's another faculty he used. We know he couldn't see. We know he could hear. And now we get to know he could speak. Right? So I want to show you quick things, four quick things about uh, Bartimaeus. First, there was this cry, right? He cried loud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I can just hear it in the crowd now. Everybody is milling around. And all of a sudden, they hear this blind man, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I can't see, but I know you are around. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. You want to preach some more? Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you the words, and you add, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You ready? I live in a cursed city, but Jesus, my family is all messed up, but Jesus, I'm a beggar, but Jesus, I've been long begging, but Jesus, right? That was Bartimaeus. How about us? You ready? The response this time is Jesus, Savior of the world. What he didn't know, we know now, right? So you help me here. I know I'm not worthy to stand before you, but Jesus, Savior of the world, have mercy. I know I haven't always done what you want me to do, but Jesus, Son of God, have mercy. I, know, I know I don't love everybody like I should, but Jesus, Savior of the world. You see, you can preach. All you need is a white robe. Nah. <laughs> Let me tell you about his Christ right up there, right? It was a very simple. It was a simple, actually it was a prayer. Right? He did not fill it with theological, ecclesiastical words and terms. Somehow we get this understanding that when God is asked, when they ask us to pray, we have to go west and then go east and then go up north and then come down. I, I said to people one day in church, when you were asking something from your dad when you were a kid, right? Do you stop and say, oh, the reverend lead, great leader of North Baptist? No, right? Your kids, you come and say, dad, I need a book. If God is your father, you go direct. It was a simple prayer. We sometimes have the idea that we have to dress it all up. God knows you. Psalm 139 said, even before you speak, God knows what's in your mind. It was urgent. Urgent. Right? He was conscious of the need to speak and find out. 
Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 to verse 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. He knew that this was his one chance if he missed it, trying to be all theological. He just said, Jesus, help me. He was direct. He knew exactly what he wanted from the Lord. He realized that he did not deserve it. That's why he said, have mercy. Right? He knew. God always deals with his people in this way. He wants us to come to the place. When you come to God in prayer, tell him what's on your heart. God, I have this troublesome son. Can you please help me with it? Don't gossip him before God. God knows everything about it, right? Sometimes I hear people make a prayer request and it's like a gossip page. My sister is so backward, God help. No, God, those other people don't need to know it. Just Lord help my sister. When you come to God in prayer, tell him what is in your heart. Don't feel like you have to dress it up and assume some prayer language where you know how to lift your shoulder up here and over here and then shake like you've been electrified. <laughs> if you need protection from God, you say, God, protect me today. In three days, we've gone up and down, take off, land, and that's all we did. Before we move, we pray. When we land, we say, thank you, Jesus. You add all of that to the confusion that I have about what time it is and where I am. I'll probably get to Philadelphia. I'll be walking backwards, doing the, moon, <laughs> doing the moonwalk. But hey, right? Let's just be straightforward with God, direct. The reason why many of us stay defeated because we don't know. We sing, we're singing the song coming. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, needless pains we bear because we do not carry, right? We become lazy in our Christianity. We're always looking for miracles instead of studying so you can pass the exam. I, I tell him, Tom, Thomas, <coughs> that one of the workers in a Christian nonprofit that I headed for three years when I returned to Sierra Leone after I had given up my bishop position. She was, thanks, sir. That's what baby brothers are for. <laughs> my mother trained him well. <laughs> right? She was always saying, I'm praying for financial breakthrough. And I would say, Where is that? what are you expecting? That God's going to bring a truckload of money and just put it in front of you? Or somebody will lose thousands of dollars and you pick it up. We become lazy in our Christianity. We would rather spend all night praying instead of planning and applying for jobs. We're always looking. We make excuses. But look at his conviction. Right? Bartimaeus really believed that Jesus had the power to help him. Nobody else in Jericho could help him. He knew but when he heard Jesus, he said, help me. James talks about that, right? That when we pray, we should not be like the wave, coming in one moment, going out the next moment. And we wonder, God, if you, if you were so pleased, you, and maybe at this time, maybe. 
He said, you're double-minded people. He recognized he was in the presence of someone who could do all the things he needed. Too many of us come to the Lord, we have doubts and hesitations. God, if you still help me, take the word of God. We sing the song, I stand on the word of God. The word of God is power. Stand on it. Pray his words back to him. He prayed as one who meant what he said, right? God has no time for those who pray uncertain prayers. One of my favorite stories, I don't know where I first heard it, but it tells the story of a man who went, everything was going wrong in his life. His wife left him, took the children, and he lost his job. So one day, he goes under a big cotton tree. While he's standing there, he says, God, I don't even know where to begin. I prayed when my relationship was going bad. You didn't help me. My wife left me. And she took the children. God, I lost my job. So I'm standing under this tree today. If you're not helping me with every other thing, just kill me. And before he could say me, a big branch broke. And the man jumped. And he looked up. He said, all those other prayers that I prayed, you didn't answer. This is the one you chose to answer. And they say a small voice said, this is the only prayer that you really meant. <laughs> he made sure that Jesus heard him, but Timaeus did, right? He was persistent. He was persevering. Many people miss God's blessing. But here's the other thing we need to know. He faced the challenge. He faced the challenge. Verse 48, the people said, be quiet. Some of them yelled at him, but he only shouted the more. I love that part. Son of David, have mercy. It turned out that blindness was not the only obstacle that he had. The biggest obstacle he had were the people around. Instead of saying amen, they said, shut up. We need some decorum around here. Why are you making all that noise? Because he needed Jesus to hear him. They wanted him to conduct himself more respectably. Have you ever faced that? You're busy praising the Lord because you're so joyful for what God has done. And somebody's in that, look at how she's doing. What does she think she is, at a disco place? <laughs> right? If you're not going to help somebody, Please don't interfere with their attempt to get the Lord's attention. Now, that was an amen point. I didn't hear you say that. Amen. Right? He did not let the criticism of others stop him from coming to Jesus. The more they said, be quiet, the louder he said, hey, the man can blind, but he can speak. Turn up the volume. I love this. The more they said, be quiet. Let me tell you a secret. Whenever you're trying to move forward in the things of God, there will always be people, even church folk, who are trying to keep you quiet. Don't listen to them. If you come to praise the Lord, sing as loud as you can. Off key, on key, sideways, backwards. It don't matter. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It didn't say make a joyful harmony. We can't let 
public opinion keep us from doing God's will or seeking help from God. Don't let anybody discourage you. If you feel like yelling and screaming, if you're too embarrassed because you're in public, go into the toilet. <laughs> Somewhere where you can let it all out. Say, God, it's me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. When Noah tried to build the ark and they left him. Crazy man, you build a boat on top of a mountain because he had heard from God. When David came back into town, when the ark was brought back, he was dancing. His wife said, you're so foolish. Just because you saw those young girls, you almost stripped yourself naked. And David said, that's why I'm king and your dad is no longer king. Because I'm connected. You got to persevere. You got to keep doing it. Somebody said something I learned, and I'll pass it on to you. Say, when it comes to praying, push. Pray until something happens. Don't stop. So we come to verse 49 and 50, his conduct. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. He's persistent, paid off. You got to keep on knocking. Jesus said, right, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door. Jesus heard him. But more than that, Jesus invited him to come. He said, come on, Bartimaeus. Come on down. Hey, this verse, this part of the verse always intrigued me. So I said, okay, the Bible says he threw off his coat and he went to Jesus. He hurried. When he was told that Jesus is calling him, you see, people in Palestine, they wear outer robes like I have on. So he took this one off so that he can go, right? We, we have an expression in our saying, in, our, in Creole, that you, when, when you see danger, you want to run, you say, feet what did I ever eat and did he give you? So your feet need to move fast. He took his coat jacket off. Well, why did he take his outer coat off? I don't know why, but I can tell you this. You're following true things, right? When we take off that outer garment, the thing that we've been hiding behind. See, I'm wearing this because I got a rice paddy over here that I'm... <laughs> I don't want you to see. But when I take this off, you're like, wow, he's really a bishop, right? <laughs> but when we take that out and coming off, then people see us for who we are. And that's how we need to stand before God. You can hide all the ones from other people, but when you are in the presence of God, you need to say, here I am. And that's when Jesus can reach us and help us. Too many people hide behind their outer garments, titles, degrees, positions. That's why they don't get help from the Lord. You can't come to God hiding stuff. And Adam and Eve messed up. God said, where are you, Adam? He said, well, I heard your voice, so I cannot hide. Imagine hiding from God. <laughs> Why were you hiding? Because I'm naked. Oh, really? <laughs> right? 
Who do you think made you? I know every part of you, boy. I formed you. And you're hiding behind a fig leaf, please. God, God was like, please, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> God helps those who confess their need for Christ, we pointed out. And God helps those who continue in the prayer of faith. Here's my last point. God helps those who commit to follow Christ. Verse 51 and 52. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go in faith. Go, your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see. Wonderful things happened when Bartimaeus literally came face to face with Jesus Christ. Right? Listen, look at the Lord's question. What do you want me to do for you? And the King James Version adds now to it. Right? So, Bartimaeus, you've been yelling and screaming. You got my attention. You're standing in front of me. What do you want me to do for you? You notice it was a pointed question. What is it? Why are you yelling? What do you want? God is interested in your particular need. We come to God and we're beating around the bush. God, you know, sometimes I feel like I have like time out already. I got a whole universe to run here. What do you want me to do? <laughs> God's help is specific to every situation that you come into. And by the way, it was a personal question. Not what do you want me to do for Pastor Lee? But you. Right? What do you want? Not what your brother or your sister or your mother or your father wants, but you. You know the old song we used to sing? It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. You need to draw a circle and step into that circle. What do you want? Right? It was a pressing question. Like I said, King James adds now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but now. We like to concern ourselves about what has happened in the past and spend all night worrying about tomorrow. And Jesus said, you can't do that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says, sufficient unto the day. Are the troubles thereof. Every day has its own problems. It's like going to school. You pass one test, you can't fool you and say, man, I ace that one, I'm good. Nah, -uh. They're going to give you another test and keep giving you a test. Now. And so the Lord is saying to us today, right, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus, I love him. He said, teacher, my rabbi, Kind of bother him off a little bit, right? <laughs> yes, boss. He said, I want to be able to see. His request was personal. I don't know about all these other people around here, Jesus, but I want to see. He was prioritized. I want to see. 
He did not ask for wealth. He did not ask for position. He did not ask for a wife. I'm so lonely, God. I'm sitting here all this time. All these people passing by, some sweet ladies that I can hear them talk. He said, I want to see. Once I see, I can take care of your other stuff that's coming along. Right? He did not even ask for revenge. All the people that kicked dust, and said, get out of here, you beggar. No, he said, I want to see. He knew what he needed. He wanted to see. Let me ask you this question. What would you have asked for? What would you have asked for? Right? God wants to open our blind spiritual eyes. We keep asking for trivial things. Oh, God, let my team win this next game. They're going to give you food in your house if the team wins. Right? We keep asking for trivial things, trinkets, toys, and crumbs. God is asking you and me today, this first Sunday of June in 2023, what do you want me to do for you? But Timur said, I want to see. Look at his reward, verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has here. And, and this is Mark's favorite word, by the way, instantly. Mark's gospel is the gospel of action. Everything that happened, he said, instantly, all at once, the blind man could see. Jesus gave him what he needed. He said, go your way. You're no longer blind. Now you can see. Your faith has healed you. He was healed instantly. His prayer was answered in a very instantaneous and decisive way. God gave him what he needed, sight. Right? He didn't give him a guide dog. He didn't give him a white cane. He gave him sight. But here is my part that I really love. But Timaeus is resolved. Verse 52, Jesus said, go your way. Then the Bible says he followed Jesus down the road. He had freedom. This is from the mouth of Jesus. Go your way. But he became a follower of Jesus Christ. He did not settle for physical healing. Jesus' way became Bartimaeus' way. Go away, but he decided to follow Jesus. If it were you, where would you go? I'll be honest with you. I'll probably go back to the village to all those people that used to call me blind by Timaeus, and I'm like, do I look blind to you now? <laughs> How you like me now? <laughs> right? But no, not by Timaeus. He followed Jesus to settle. We would have gone back to the village to settle some scores. Somebody who cheated you, gave you change that wasn't right. You were, I would have tracked that person down, right? Or maybe look some familiar voice and say, baby, you used to come by here, but here I am. I can see you now. You look so fine. <laughs> he resolved to follow Jesus. And so the question I want to ask you as I wrap this up this morning, what have you done with the blessings that God has given to you. 
What have you done with your salvation? You see, that's why God doesn't give many of us more. Because you remember the parable of the talents? If they give you and you bury it and you don't use it, Jesus said, take from him and give to the one who gave more. Many of us have been attending church for a long time. God keeps blessing us, but we don't use the blessing for his glory. And so he withholds blessing from us. What have you done with your blessing? Yes, we have seen this morning. God helps those who confess their need for Christ. God helps those who persist or continue in the prayer of faith. God helps those who are determined and continue to follow, commit themselves to follow Jesus Christ. When his prayers were answered, the Timaeus decided to follow Jesus Christ. Why do you want God to answer your prayer? So you can have bragging rights and say, oh, I belong to North Church. Yeah. I'm a Baptist. We get it all like that. But you want him to answer your prayer so you can follow him and draw closer to him. So your life will become a magnet that will draw other people. I challenge each one of us here this morning. Take the step of faith. We need to come up and say, Bartimaeus, move over, buddy. I got needs that I need to bring to Jesus Christ. So God is asking you this morning, North Church, what do you want me to do for you? What would your answer be? What would your request be? Would it be something trivial, something that will soon pass away? Or would, it be, would you be bold today and say to the Lord, Lord, I really need you to help me. I want to see. I want to see all the things that have been holding me back. I want to see the things that are stunting my, my growth in the Lord. I want to see <clears throat> all the things that have come between us. So you can say, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Open our ears, Lord. Help us to listen. God is asking you this morning, what do you want me to do for you? I hope your prayer will be, I want to follow you. I want to commit to you 100%. God bless you as you do that. <clears throat>